Too slow, Drew. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, welcome back to the Music City Podcast. That is the MCP. This is episode number nine, and this video is sponsored by Crosstown Brewing from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, we got our beers here. Um, if you ever need a drink for lounging around the house or just something to go kayaking with, hit up Crosstown Brewery. They have um, they have locations here in, in Nashville if you want to check out Reds in Bellevue, Sinkers in East Nashville, or uh, Cork Dorks in Midtown. Um Crosstown is also available at most uh, superstores like Kroger, Publix, etc. Good sell. I think I'm going to get some now. Yes! (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It's pretty good beer. Like, I was talking to Dylan when he was here, and I was like, I was actually pretty surprised because I had a Pilsner last time. I don't drink that. Yeah. It's delicious, so. I'm actually excited about drinking these. I am, honestly, if you want to... If you want to bust them out, Drew, like let's let's get to I'll it. Crack one open. It's Saturday. It's yeah. Saturday. It's 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 the PM. We made it. Days half over. Will, I was like, man, I was like, are you gonna drink one of the beers we have today? He was like, yeah. I was like, okay, good. I don't yeah. want to drink one at eight o'clock and be the only one drinking one. So. Oh my god. Well, y'all. No judgment here. Um, please like and subscribe if you've been enjoying these videos. We've been having a whole lot of fun making them, and we're gonna keep doing it. Um, and yeah, your your support means so much. Um, this is episode number nine, as I said, and our guest is our friend Delaney McBride. Hi. Delaney, thanks so much for being here. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for asking me. Awesome. How, how are you doing on this Saturday, I guess, afternoon now? You know, I'm doing well today. Um, like I said, I, I gave a massage earlier, so that always kind of helps ground me, keep me calm for the rest of the day. Very so cool. yeah, and it's hot as hell outside, oh, which yes. I like. So I'm happy. I Drinking a beer with my friends. Che- cheers to that. Cheers. Uh, cheers. To that. Oh well, Mr. There it is. Gotta, gotta let him kiss, dude. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So you're a massage you, you do massages, a massage therapist. Massage therapist, yes. All right. Um you're a private chef as well, mm-hmm. and you're a yoga instructor. I am, yes. And um, I follow you on Instagram. It's um, Hand to Heart Wellness. Is that correct? That is correct. And is that that's like your company? Yeah, it's it kind of just started as an idea. So like the first step was Instagram and kind of like reaching a platform there. Um, but I am planning on making it an LLC, which I have no idea how to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just feel like it'd be smart to kind of like make it a concrete thing rather Hell than yeah. just like an idea right on yeah well, i mean you've already got one step out of the way social media is such a huge way to reach people nowadays it really so is yeah that. it's exciting i love i love making I, i'm doing less private chef work right now just like in the middle of corona it's just kind of understood like when it first started a lot of people were reaching out to me to do meal prep because they mm. were like we don't want to cook like you know just yeah. one thing to kind of take off like the to-do list sure but um yeah, actually, as the Instagram thing has grown, I've actually just started cooking more for myself and like developing more recipes. And so it's like a good motivator to kind of get in the kitchen because I know mm-hmm. I'm going to like post it and I don't know, help someone make a meal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what kind of stuff is your what's what's something recent you can tell us about something special? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I my main goal with cooking is nutritious but like balance like balanced Mm -hmm. so it will have a lot of nutrition a lot of like herbal stuff spices like really beneficial for your health in that way that's awesome but it also is a little indulgent so it's not like because I think people get so some people get so turned off when they hear like healthy which is sad (laughs) yeah that is (laughs) they're like oh no if it's healthy then it won't taste good Mm -hmm. and that makes, you know, I, I, I really think food's medicine and what you put in your body is like going to drive you to be sick or, or healthy. 100%. And, and the way you feel too, yeah. just happier, exactly. whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So, so everything that I make, I try and kind of incorporate those two aspects into it. Um, so I like don't stray away from cheese. I try and, you know, it's just like I said, balance. So like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Right on. Um, I'm really, really into peaches right now because it's summer and there's you know, so many good fresh peaches out there. They so are. yeah, so I'm kind of making, oh, I made y'all that peach crostini at uh, Lakeview. Oh man. Yeah. So pretty much anything I can do with peaches right now, like pies, crostini, anything. 
what is the crostinis that was the uh there was a little bread hors d'oeuvres yes. right yeah yeah, god, yeah that was fucking fire oh my god they're so good i like cut up a baguette toast it do a little um whipped goat cheese mm. a little honey or agave okay um if you're vegan but if you're vegan, you wouldn't be eating it because <laughs> it has cheese. Um, and then let's see, a little lemon zest, some peaches that I simmer with like a tiny bit of sugar and some butter. Damn. And then um, mint on top. Damn. Yeah. That shit's fire. That sounds amazing. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you grow any of your spices or herbs or anything like that? Yeah. So I don't. Well, I grow basil, mm-hmm. um, cilantro, chives, like that kind of basic core herbs. But... Um, I actually have a garden at my parents' house that I'm so happy that they live close to me because our our house, like, the way that the trees are set up, there's no spot in the yard that would, like, have a successful garden because of the sunlight. Mm. But they have, like, an open backyard. So um, I'm growing spaghetti squash, mm. okra, shishito peppers, jalapeno peppers, green beans, nice. which cool. if you – oh, my God. So many green beans. They literally grow like crazy. So what, if you guys ever need some fresh green beans, hit me up. What does a green bean plant look like? It's really cool. It actually looks kind of like floral. Um, there are these little tiny like white flowers that sprout up and mm-hmm. just like big leaves. It almost looks like a weed if you weren't paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, you like lift up the leaves and there's just like beans just hanging off of the, the little limbs. Well, they're um, kind of like peanuts, how you pull them out of the ground yeah. and they're like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, you just cool. pluck them off and wash them and then snap them and cook them. So I'm guessing like growing something like that, like space usually isn't an issue because they're like, like, can you like per square foot, can you plant a lot? Like, yeah. You know, they recommend like, I think a foot and a half between each plant, mm-hmm. like a foot and a half to three feet. So you do need a decent amount of space. How but big is a plant? Sorry to interrupt you. No, no, it's fine. Um, so that's why like green beans are easy because they grow straight up. Oh, cool. So it's not like going to like spaghetti squash on the other hand mm-hmm. it takes up the entire garden because it just grows out. Okay. So that's something that you would kind of need to do like in a long line. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's just nice to be able to like go outside and pick what you're going to make for dinner. Hell yeah. It's just like makes you feel like one with the earth and yeah. you're like, this is cool. I'm like growing this thing that's feeding me yeah yeah and taking care of you in a healthy way yeah exactly it's a fun thing to do i highly recommend it i i if i could i would (laughs) i really would matt's been getting into it i think oh matthew's been getting into some gardening nice i have a a question um so what made you turn your passions into like planting food cooking food and turn that into an instagram thing like make you want to start an LLC yeah yeah, yeah. what really gave you the drive and the urge or inspiration if you will yeah definitely so uh, this is kind of like going way back but I've had a few jobs I've worked in the music industry for a couple years and every job that I had I was just like pretty unfulfilled by it and just like not my best self doing it and so I started to think about what do I do in my free time that like I love and I'm really passionate about that doesn't feel like work and some people could say it's like not a good idea to turn your like fun stuff into a job because it makes it work but with cooking and like with massage and yoga like I just love doing it so much that I don't feel like I'm working Mm -hmm. at all it's like the most low stress thing and of course if you're cooking in like a big restaurant as a line cook or something that's a different story it is but um but yeah so I just noticed that I was always cooking um my mom loves to cook so I I kind of grew up like in the kitchen with her very cool and I just started I posted a lot on my personal page Mm -hmm. of food and I noticed that it would like people would get excited about it so I was actually talking to my therapist about it who right yeah therapy is great therapy is great um And she's also like a, she's kind of a life coach too. So she helps people get their businesses started. And she was just like, why don't you take the first step and make like an Instagram page for this business that you like doing? So I was kind of nervous to do it at first just because I was like, I don't have a name for it. I don't, you know, it's just kind of the fear of growth and Mm, um, of, of that like challenge. And So I just went on a hike one day and I just kind of like meditated on the name and hand to heart was the first thing that came to my mind. It's a sick name. Thank you. I I try and think like hand to heart. So 
obviously like touch because I'm a massage therapist. Um, but also like, (laughs) it's kind of cheesy, but it's like hand on heart. Like I'll do the best that I can do to like make you feel your best. So like, that's my like hand to heart promise. That was Um, awesome. Yeah. And, and I came up with a couple other things too. And they just like, didn't, the names just didn't stick with me. So yeah. Then at the end of that day, I was like, that's, that's the name. Like that's what it's, it's going to be. And made the Instagram page. And I mean, it only has like, I mean, it has 1400 followers or something like that. I don't know, maybe 1200. I can't remember, Pretty but, good. but it's, it's cool to see that grow. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Something. To like start with just my friends and family following me and pictures getting like 10 likes. And then to just see like random people in Iowa, like commenting on my recipe. That's awesome. Yeah. It's super cool. That's so, that t- really I love cool. it. Yeah. I just am so about something you he- built. Sorry. Uh, I'm so about hearing people's passions and like Will's about to say, like stuff that you built like yourself yeah. You yeah. Know, that you took your passion and you really went somewhere with it. Yeah. Cause it's, it's weird to go out of your comfort zone on things, you know, it is It can yeah. be tough sometimes in every aspect. I mean, I'm sure like with music, you feel that way too. Like totally. it's easy to kind of get in the same stuff every day. Yes. So it's scary to grow. Um, but it's necessary. It is. Yeah. And I, that's, that's for, I think that's, that's for all facets of life. Yeah. You, uh, growth is, uh, I don't know if this is the point we're trying to make, but growth can sometimes suck, Mm -hmm. but it is necessary. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not growing, I mean, what's the point? Absolutely. (laughs) You know? And like humans are inevitably scared of change and growing. It can be changing aspects of your life. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do what you want to do. Yeah. We like comfortability. Oh yeah. Which is the opposite of what's going on right now. You're exactly (laughs) right. (laughs) So people are really freaked out. Some people are super freaked out and a lot of people are really pissed off as Mm -hmm. they should be. Yeah. Um, Delaney one, like we, you said that you mentioned that we had a, uh, we had like a dinner party Mm -hmm. that you hosted. Um, it was awesome, by the way. Yay. It was super yeah. fun. It was so fun. I drank too much, but it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I drank a good bit, too. It was good times. <laughs> um, but we had a good conversation there. And um, so I'll, 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 I'll say that the um, Black Lives Matter movement is still definitely going. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, as we all know, social media moves in cycles. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is an active movement going on with the black lives movement that i can see that's trying to say fuck the cycle Mm -hmm. to this particular trend Mm -hmm. and you are someone that has brought that up to me Mm -hmm. to my face Mm -hmm. so i'm taking i'm passionate about this i'm assuming that you are as well yes so i i'd like to hear some of your thoughts on what's going on in in the country right now yeah right i obviously am so happy that this has come to the forefront of so many people's minds and conversations um I do think like with the Instagram trend and the cycles like you were talking about it's I see so many people that are just posting 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 but maybe not doing anything about it in their real life Mm -hmm. and I think that you obviously need to do things I don't know it's where it gets tricky Mm -hmm. posting online like Mm -hmm do you need to post a huge story about all your views and thoughts and stuff? Or can you just do it offline? I think there needs to kind of be a balance with that. Um, just to kind of show people what you're about. Mm-hmm. True. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's important that we don't just let this be a cycle back in 2015 when the first black lives matter, like marches started happening and things like that. I, it was probably before that, but that was the big year that it kind of came out, mm-hmm. you know, people cared and then moved on. And right. I'm really excited to see that people are still just as vocal and active about it now. Absolutely. Um, of course it can be overwhelming. Uh, your phone is like, where a lot of people spend a lot of their time. Yeah. And if you're seeing that after, 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 of course people can be like, Oh, I just want a break. But it's like, that's the whole point is that fighting for racial injustice. Like there is no break Yeah. because that's when people get like complacent and it just goes back to what it was. And so as heavy as it is, Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people are starting, it's starting to settle on people's like energy and heart. Cause when you see something so much 
mm-hmm. su- such a heavy thing so many times a day. You're like, damn, dude. Yeah. Um, so of course it can be overwhelming, but I think like we were kind of saying, like that's when the change needs to start happening. Totally. Um, getting comfortable in the uncomfortability of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hope that answers your question. Definitely does. It, and that ties back to what we were saying earlier. I think that um, growth can sometimes suck. Like mm-hmm. growing pains is a real thing. And this is a time in our country where we need to fucking grow mm-hmm. and not grow be up. complacent. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it's not a shameful thing to not know True. and to be unaware of the white supremacy that's built our nation. Yeah. Um, I was unaware of it for a really long time. Uh, I, I can I was, say the same. Yeah. I was, of course I was aware of my privilege, but I don't think I was as aware at like how much it infiltrates everything I do. Right. Where, where did you go to, like, where did you grow up? Did yes. You grow up in so I grew up here okay. in Nashville, um, just over in like Oak Hill. Cool. Went to an all girls college prep school in Green Hills, nice. like about as preppy as you can get. <laughs> cool. Uniform, <laughs> knee socks, everything. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, and I loved it and it was, it was really awesome to be surrounded by young women and young girls and people in charge that are empowering, um, girls to be the best that they can be. Um, I went to a co-ed school till eighth grade and it was great too, but I just noticed how much more confident I became when mm-hmm. I went to an all girls school. Cause mm-hmm. I wasn't concerned about what I looked like. Nine times out of 10, I would wake up like five minutes before I right had to on. go to school. Um, wasn't concerned what I looked like. Wasn't concerned about what boys, like young boys would think about what I said. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, it was just cool. And a lot of people think all girls like catty drama. It was like the least dramatic experience I've ever had. That is awesome. It was so cool. Yeah. What was the name of the school again? Harpeth Hall. Very cool. Yeah. It's a five through 12, I think school. Um, and it's great. And, but there's a lot of work that needs to be done within that system. Um, there was like four black girls in my grade and I think like one Asian girl in my grade. Mm. Um, so not a very diverse school. I think they're working on it. Um, I've actually had meetings with some of my former classmates about reaching out and, you know, just implementing change within the structure. Mm Mm-hmm which is cool. Um, but yeah, so growing up in that super privileged whitewashed experience as great as it, it was for my confidence and, um, education, Mm -hmm. like it wasn't great for learning how to deal with diversity. Exposing Um, yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So I don't know it, like I said, everything, you don't realize how much it infiltrates every aspect of your life. Mm. And I think one of the biggest things, like how social media, like it's not just laps in social media. I think it's making people, it's translating into real life and having these uncomfortable conversations Mm -hmm. because it's on your mind all the time. Right. And like the growing thing, you should be forced to have uncomfortable conversations, even if it makes you feel a little weird. Absolutely. Because I went to a school up until eighth grade that was all white, all white private school, not anyone. So like, and to be quite honest with you, like I was culturally dumb pretty much yeah. I would say or culturally immature I'll, I'll, that's a better word to use totally because I had not been around pretty much any anyone different than myself mm-hmm. like white middle class yeah you know and when I moved and being in college and then moving to Nashville like obviously I'm around a lot more things and I like that more honestly yeah I think it gives me a better perspective of how to handle someone else's life situation yeah I, I think exposure that is a big like what kind of like what you're saying you know we need to be exposed to more things Mm -hmm. absolutely and that's like the story of so many people too Mm -hmm. like they because so many people Mm -hmm. yeah um i feel like people don't want to have those conversations because they're scared that they'll be wrong or that they'll they'll be told that they're wrong yeah Um, culture yeah cancel culture which you know i have my own thoughts that i haven't like fully figured out yet but i would like to dive into that after we're done with this yeah i just uh, people are so scared that they're going to be told that they're wrong that they avoid the the 
the conversation to begin with. Yeah. People are afraid of confrontation. Yeah. And it's like, there's no shame in being wrong. There's only shame in being wrong and doubling down on it. Yeah. There's shame in choosing ignorance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do not choose to be ignorant. No. (laughs) Man. Um, I'll say it like my, my piece on like having like, I grew up in Alabama. I was born in North Carolina. I was raised in Alabama. Um, and from grade school, you know, we have the, there's black history month Mm -hmm. and that's, um, we're in social studies. That's when we would study the civil rights movement. And I reflect now on, on those classes and a lot of them probably, I think they were fucked up Mm -hmm. because they show you, like, I remember there are these movies that they would show you and like, they'd basically seem like the movies would say like, all right, in 1965, Martin Luther King terminated racism and now everything is chill now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And like, as a second grader, I like... Of course you're going to believe that. I just yeah. kind of went with it. I was too young to be a racist or like to... I had... I had To knowingly participate. Yeah, right, like right, I, right. I, had, I had friends friends of all sorts. Right. Um, and it's, it's uh, growing up... I have realized friends in other places that may not have grown up in the South, um, that their experiences have been different. Well, than like my- learning about that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, when do you, do you, you spend much time in, Ca- in California? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So when people talk about, do you, do you ever have conversations like this with, Cal- with people from California? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And how are they, how are they raised? Like, what is it like for them? Yeah. A lot of people are like, when I talk to my friends from, from LA, they're like, I couldn't even imagine being in the South right now during this. And it's true. Um, it is a lot more fucked up than it is out there. There, like there's racism everywhere. So regardless of where you live, you're going to experience some type of, of racism, maybe not personally, but see it. Um, so they, When I moved to LA, my friend group became so much more diverse. I was so used to only being around white people all the time. My, you know, I had for the most part only white friends. Um, and then when I moved there, there were times where I was the only white person in the room and I was like, this is, I mean, it's, it's cool to, to see that from your perspective. Like, Oh, it, it just, like I said, puts things in perspective. Um, like that's how a lot of black indigenous people of color feel all the time. Yeah. Go into a store full of white yes. or schools, for instance, yes. which like I would feel it'd, it'd be harder to learn, not harder to learn, but I'd feel more, I don't know. I would feel more uncomfortable. I would guess. Right. So. Exactly. I mean, just being the minority. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But so then when I, when I moved out there, I actually worked at a store called Glossier, which is a makeup skincare brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really great. It's right great for guys too. Glossier. Really, Glossier. Um, and really inclusive and <clears throat> focused on creating a diverse platform and, and population. And like customer base as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so I met a lot of people that worked there that didn't look like me. And at first, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't notice like, okay, wow, there's a lot of other races that are here. And then it got to be so normal that I just didn't even notice. And I loved that. Um, because it's just kind of conditioning, you know, if you're only around your race, that's all you're going to be used to. And, but if you mix in, different cultures different races different backgrounds like you become a more accepting and diverse person definitely yeah i think it's it speaks more than like like it's just the diversity of how you grew up you know mm-hmm. what I mean? being of a different race it speaks more on your culture you know what i mean we're just culturally we don't know anything about yeah other cultures you exactly know I mean? if yeah. we want to get more out of like the race issue more of the we just don't understand other cultures because we've been conditioned to only think about the American way, I would yeah, say. Which yeah. is fucked. Yeah. It's, it's not, <laughs> it's definitely not the only way. We're a very young nation yeah. compared to a lot of others. Yeah. So, you know, that's, I and guess. So much of it's a lie. Yeah. So much of, of it we, is a yeah. lie. Like, what even it, what, what, what was your, what did you say? The American dream or the American way? Mm-hmm. What is yeah. that? What is that? Capitalism, <laughs> which isn't even a real thing. <laughs> it's the rich get richer, the poor stay poor. Absolutely. Um, there's no, oh God. Then when you get into like the systemic racism that creates this 
income dive, uh, like problem, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, America's like, if you work hard, you'll get rich mm-hmm. and you'll make it. And it's like, not if you have an entire nation, entire system pushing you down so that you can't grow, you can't make money. Yes. Well, here's, we're talking about California kind of, I was watching this documentary last night about the medical marijuana business in mm-hmm. California. Did you know that less than 1%, or this is actually United States, I believe this was in 2018, so statistics might be different, but anyways, less than 1% of medical marijuana business owners are black or yeah. African-American. Yeah. So, and I'm, I don't know about other business statistics, so I'm not going to talk about that, but right. I'm curious to see the statistics of uh, business owners in all of America, like uh, the demographic of that. Yeah, really. so, you know. totally. So it, it stems more from just politics and stuff is into business, capitalism, like you're exactly. saying, you know, so. Yeah. But yeah. Or the fact that white people are profiting off weed when they're black and in, and people of color in jail yeah. for the exact same thing or less. The weed is, is that's, that's one of the kickers mm-hmm. for me is like, Weed's out here legal. People are getting fucking rich, and there's still <laughs> yeah. people in jail. And that didn't get rich from it. weren't like drug kingpin. Yeah, violent yeah, yeah. Type thing. So I mean, if you're a violent drug offender and you're selling weed, yeah, you should right. not be. And I you locked up. Totally. Right. I think the like anyone that wants to deny white privilege, like white white privilege in any way, just look at fucking weed. Yeah. Straight straight up. Like straight that's up. that's like, how can you debate that? You can't. You can't debate that. <laughs> Oh man. I'll tell a story. Um I've I don't know about y'all but I've I've been caught by the police with uh um some oregano. <laughs> before. The jazz cabbage. The jazz cabbage. I like that one. <laughs> um but regardless of uh regardless of that I I'm I'm yet to have have a charge mm-hmm. have anything have, have a fine yep anything I'm not saying that's a situation for everyone no that's something not, you experience not for so, everyone yeah. but i believe wholeheartedly that if i was black that at least one of those times would be a charge for sure probably one that would fucking suck absolutely i cannot um can i tell a story about that too yeah that was one of the first times that i really saw my like consciously saw my privilege in action. Um, so I was living in LA, they weeds legal there. So you can leave LAX with weed, like no problem. It can be in your bag, carry on bag, anything, Mm -hmm. not a big deal. If it's a significant amount and you're flying to somewhere where it's legal, they can choose to like contact the TSA at that airport, I think, Mm -hmm. and then get you in trouble there, but you can leave weed with or LA with weed. And, um, so I had a bag of gummies that I'd bought and I was taking them back home to Nashville. <laughs> Sorry, right mom. <laughs> um, and I, so Cole and I were actually flying to Denver. Right on. Where it's also legal. Also legal. But I, my dumbass, I was like, well, I'll just like fly to Nashville and that way we can just fly together and it'll be easier. We won't have to meet in Denver. I forgot Damn. to take the, so I, I got, got to Nashville Kept my bag packed. Didn't think about it. Went to the airport the next day. Oh, no. Yeah. And <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I just, we're sitting at the gate and I hear like, well, ticketed passenger Delaney McBride come to the ticketing desk. And I was like, I got to upgrade. Like, this is so cool. <laughs> and there was just a police officer standing there and oh. he was like, and I just was like, fuck and meanwhile i was high so i was so scared my mouth i was like slurping down my starbucks drink like (laughs) like, so freaked out a bunch of shit happened anyway i get to the the office and my bags unpacked the weeds out all this stuff they're talking to me and i was super honest i was like look i'm really freaked out right now um i live in la i forgot it was in there i'm really sorry you know, whatever you guys need to do, I understand. And they're like, yeah, you know, I think it was three, like over three ounces because it was, um, gummy. (laughs) Yeah. Cause it was gummy. So it was like thicker, I guess, or like denser. Um, yeah, I wasn't flying with like three ounces of, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not, not that heavy, but, um, (laughs) but I, uh, they, they basically said like, 
look, we have enough to take you to cuff you right now, take Ooh. you downtown, book you. But we'll like fudge the numbers and, you know, we'll just give you like a misdemeanor citation. And I, all I had to do was community service for like four hours. Oh, wow. I was like, this is this. If I were a black woman or man or any any other race, honestly, besides mm-hmm. white, mm-hmm. like I would have gone to jail. Yeah. And that just is so fucked up. It is so fucked up. Yeah. <sighs> that but that's that's what uh all this we're trying to change this shit mm-hmm. yeah yeah we're trying to change exactly it goes deeper it goes into the court systems it goes everywhere everywhere yeah so. um delaney uh you went to belmont mm-hmm. is that right for one year very cool yes i remember um i would uh, what what year did you start at belmont 2013 right on so you and i are the same class yes i remember hearing like i got to belmont (laughs) and like i'm sure you know what i'm about to say (laughs) you know damn well what i'm about to say (laughs) um is like there were there were like there were three people in our class or like close to our class that people were upon getting there it's like these are these people in our fucking class (laughs) oh my god and it was you martina mcbride's daughter yeah (laughs) Um, I think that one of the Jonas brothers, like the youngest one or cousin. Yeah, Frankie. Yeah. I think Frankie went there. And he got kicked out. Yeah. For like being, do some gnarly shit at the K or something. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think Justin Timberlake's something went there too. Justin Timberlake's, I want to say his half brother. Yeah. 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 I was actually, I knew him for a while. He's cool. Right on. Cool guy. Yeah. I can't say, I I definitely didn't meet you until later. I don't think we ever ran into other Belmont. Um. I ran into the Jonas Brothers kid at the K once, and he was cool. He probably he's, hates being mentioned as the Jonas Brothers yeah. brother, honestly. <laughs> You're like, God Apparently, he's super cool. Oh, he actually cool. goes to my dad's school now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very Blackbird cool. Blackbird Academy. Very cool. And, and my dad loves him. Right on. <laughs> he's like, Emma. Emma's my little sister. He's She is a, a boyfriend, and he's like, why don't you break up with Rama and get with the Jonas Brothers kid? <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous oh <laughs> i wonder what i wonder what that's what what that's well you you might be able to tell me what that's like yeah having like s- somebody like that as a family member right you know, in the public eye as much yeah it's it's interesting because i kind of have it from both my mom and my dad just depending on like which group you're talking to mm-hmm. um obviously my mom is a country singer but my dad is pretty prominent in the recording and engineering uh. industry and profession um so if i'm talking to like audio nerds they're like i don't give a fuck about martina mcbride like your dad's john mcbride (laughs) which is cool and i'm really proud um and i think it's there's like good and bad to it i mean i definitely experienced a lot of fake friendships you know i wanted to ask you about that yeah especially at belmont Mm. it was like sinking your teeth in Mm. into that and I never took it personally because it's just how it is sometimes, but I could always spot it from like a mile away. Mm. Um, But it is always kind of hurts when I guess you find out later that someone who's even like become your close friend started off by like saying that stuff, Mm. you know, like that's Mm -hmm. happened like once or twice. Um, And it's just like, damn, that's shitty, but we're like friends now. So (laughs) like what? (laughs) Um, but I'm so what, what what do you mean like what like oh gosh okay so I lived with this girl um after my freshman year mm-hmm. like considered her a really good friend friendship fell out for a multitude of reasons um and then I found out later that sh- my other friend was like this is really shitty but you know she was just like she just wanted to be your friend to be close with that circle yeah. and get invited to Martina McBride's house and stuff like that. And it's like, damn, like we lived together for a long time and I considered you a really good friend uh, and we're not dirty. friends now, but that's still shitty to yeah. hear afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like been really the only negative experience. Um, other than that, I love that they're my parents. Yeah. I'm like so proud of them. That's awesome. I almost feel like I'm their parent. That's <laughs> I'm awesome. like, I love you guys. Um, but yeah, I'm just so proud of the, the honestly legacy that my mom has built and the image that she's built for herself. Mm-hmm. Like 
there's no bad press with her because she's just a good person yeah. and she has her shit together and her head on straight. And so does my dad. My dad gets in hot water sometimes. He, he, he's a big talker. He's a very big personality. Um, but the best man ever and everyone who meets him loves him. But yeah, my mom just has, she's just classy as fuck. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Martina <laughs> McBride. <laughs> so, she really is. Yeah. So question like, Growing up with someone apparent in the public eye like that, did you ever have like privacy issues or anything like oh, that yeah. with like people like being creep like weird people like 100%. that? Hundred percent. Like yeah, we had like people. I want to say I was super young, so I don't really remember it, and this might be like re- not fabricated, but like um, enhanced. But I want to say that someone tried to pick me up from school one day. Holy shit. Yeah. Like in the pickup line at my school. Um, and they obviously noticed that it like wasn't anyone that has ever picked me up before. Um, people would come to our house. One time a guy actually got through the gate, knocked on the front door. That shit was scary. Um, Oh my God. Yeah. And then like we called the police and they, they found him and they went into his house and he had like newspaper clippings of my mom all over his walls. Oh my God. So that, yeah. So creepy, creepy, super creepy. Um, How how recent is that? That was when I was probably like 14. Oh my God. So like 11 years ago. Wow. Yeah. More of like affected you more so when you were a kid because you're like, oh God. I'm like, like, this is scary. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously weird stuff with that and like even on instagram and stuff like if my mom tags me in anything i get like 100 follower requests and so it's like not a big deal it's Mm -hmm. like manageable but it's just little things where you kind of have to think like especially growing up like i had to be really careful with partying and stuff and having friends over and all that because if anyone got hurt or got in like a drunk driving crash or and it came out that like martina mcbride is is allowing these things to happen like that'll look bad on her Mm -hmm. which even if you're doing stuff as a teenager you're probably doing stuff your parents have no idea what you're doing exactly and that has like realistically yes responsibility because it's the house your house but like that they don't know that they don't know going on exactly any other teenager's just gonna do dumb shit totally yeah yeah every teenager does dumb shit and yeah so it was like weird kind of having to also go through that filter of like Okay, I, I can be a dumbass teenager, but I can't be too much of a dumbass teenager because mm-hmm. my mom will kind of get shit on for it. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to cause any like problems. No. No. Because no. they're already going to be mad enough at you for doing shit. Yeah. And then on top of that, like, <laughs> yeah. that, that they're like, as my well. name is in the papers because of this. <laughs> so, yeah. Did, um, when you were in, like, when I think of Nat, one of the things I think of in Nashville, um, is like a lot it seems there's a lot of uh, entertainers and people like your mom here, big names, but there's not really like a, uh, there's not really like a, a paparazzi here. It's, right. That's not really a thing. So, and um, when you lived in LA compared to here, is there any kind of difference with that as far as people perceiving you? Mm, that's actually a really, I've never been asked that before. I don't think people cared in LA at all. So right many on. Yeah. Huge people there. Yeah. yeah. They're just like, okay. And also that it's not like a huge country music yeah. population. <laughs> so yeah. they're like, okay. Yeah. Like my mom really likes your mom, but, <laughs> you know, Sick. but yeah, but never, you know, and I love hearing cool stories of like, actually, you know, when I was in the backseat of my mom's car, we'd always listen to my baby loves me or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's cool. But for the most part, no one really cared. My I mom know. definitely listened to your mom. Yeah. <laughs> my mom she is like the artist of the moms. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Though. Yeah. But it was cool. I mean, I, I actually was fortunate enough to become friends with a lot of, just through mutual connections, a lot of actors in LA. Not like, not like Matthew McConaughey or anything, but, Matthew. you know, <laughs> yeah. but cool, cool people that also act. Mm. Um, so I was almost more starstruck around uh. them because I'm like, I've watched movies with you in it. Like, that's uh, so sick. Can you, can you tell us any of those people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my sister dated um, a guy named Logan Miller, mm-hmm. who uh, he actually one of my favorite movies he was in. And he was like one of my favorite characters, even though it was kind of a small role. Mm-hmm. So when she was like, I'm going out with Logan Miller, I was like, the glasses guy from Stanford Prison Experiment. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. And then like, uh, they're all, they're, it's all funny funny people um do you know the show atypical 
Yes. Yeah. So Keir Gilchrist, um, I've never watched it, but he was kind of in our in our friend group. Is and he the main guy in that? Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. And then, did you guys ever watch Diary of a Wimpy Kid? Yeah. I, I don't know if I watched. I know. Yeah. I definitely read those books when I was yeah, a kid. I yeah. Knew that. So Roderick, the guy that plays Roderick, Devin Bostic, he's like. Probably my brother. Yeah. 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 Who's in the loaded diaper. (laughs) Childhood nostalgia. Yeah. 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 He actually is probably who I'm like closest with, with still there. And, um, I don't know, Thomas Mann, he's in a bunch of random stuff. They're, they're just like a cool ass group of people. Mm -hmm. And I was like honored to be able to hang out with them. Pretty down to earth. Yeah. So down to earth and fun. That's awesome. Yeah. If I didn't have them in LA, I don't think I would have made it as long as I did, which was still only nine months. Where Where were you located in LA? I was in Los Feliz. Where is that? North North South. It's kind of. I want to say it's kind of east. Okay. Um, it's by like Griffith Observatory. Oh, cool. Um, kind of, you know, like fifteen minutes away from like Sunset. Sick. Um, everything is super far from each other, even if they're close together. Um, it takes a long time. But yeah, no, it was like kind of under North Hollywood too. So it was an awesome location. Mm-hmm. I loved it there. Um, but I just couldn't really deal with like the juxtaposition of feeling like I was never alone. Like there are people around me all the time. Mm-hmm. I can't sing in my shower without my neighbor hearing mm-hmm. like never alone. But then also like so alone. <laughs> um, what do you mean so alone? Just like especially when I first moved there, obviously I had Emma and Logan and them, but just being like, damn, if they're all doing stuff or or not doing anything, like I'm going home and I don't have like, I'm really close with my parents. So like, I can't go over there and I can't like, I don't know, just like you, it forced me to sit with myself Mm -hmm. and, and learn about myself in a lot of ways That's cool. and be comfortable with being alone. Like, um, did you create like a sense of individualism? Totally. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Cause growing up, I was never really alone. So I developed a lot of codependent traits mm-hmm. and, in all my past relationships, I was super codependent and like to a, an unhealthy level. And if I, if I was alone, I was like drinking way too much. Uh, cause I just didn't want to sit with what was in my head. I so I just wanted before. to like pass yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Um, or just like making dumb decisions, uh, just to not be alone. And I couldn't do that there. Cause I, I just felt that it was different. Also I had Cole here mm-hmm. and he has been like the best influence for me as a human being. Cause that is awesome. he's the best dude. He's, a really he's the best dude. All the love for Cole. Yes. We Shout love you Cole. Cole <laughs> <Mellon>. <laughs> um, but he really, he was the first person I was ever with that like wanted me to be better for myself, mm-hmm. not for him. Like I, I was always with guys who were like, you know, like you're, you, you drink too much. You're crazy. Um, like you need to, cause they wanted to kind of like control the situation. And they knew that when I was drinking too much, that it was uncontrollable. So Cole was the first person to be like, look, you aren't happy when you drink too much. You don't like who you are the next day. Like, and that kills me. So like, I want you to kind of figure this out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like nothing to do with me. I'll, I'll love you no matter what, but I just want you to be like happy. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it was, awesome. it was awesome. And it made me want to do it so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, when I was there, something just felt different. I was like, I can't get back into that shit. Like I can't do do it the same way I've been doing it for the last five years. Um, so I just, yeah, I just sat with myself and had to get comfortable with not going out or just watching a movie by myself. And that doesn't make me lame. No, (laughs) you know, not at all. Cause yeah, I went through that actually moving here cause I was in Tuscaloosa, you know, went to Alabama and it was a constant, like go out, get fucked up, you're around people all the time. Mm -hmm. And I was indulging heavily. Like I have definitely, I hated like waking up after a night of drinking, especially when I did it all the time because I definitely did it to the excess. Mm -hmm. And then I moved here and I realized will help me a lot that like, it's okay just to sit Mm -hmm. and not go out and get hammered and be around a bunch of people because those people don't care. Like the people who care about you are the people who are going to want you to do better. Like you're saying hundred percent. 
And it takes getting real with yourself. You got to get really real with yourself. Yeah. Alcohol can be a rough thing to uh, to, to manage, mm-hmm. and I will be the first one to admit that. And I have no shame in admitting it either. I right. think that's one of the first. I think a lot of people in our generation drink a lot because it's so it's so societally societally acceptable mm-hmm. to get fucked up and go out and do dumb shit because it's yeah. funny or you're just with your your guy friends, your girlfriends, yeah. and everyone thinks it's funny. But it, it's it's not to an extent, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you got to grow up eventually, right? So. Because you're the one that has to wake up with yourself and exactly. be like, "Shit, that yeah. was not a yeah. good call." And I hated waking up, even though I know I didn't do anything dumb. Yeah. I still felt bad though. Mm-hmm. There was something about it that just didn't make me feel right. It didn't right. Sit right with me, my my soul. Mm-hmm. So. Like a shame over. Yeah, shame yeah. over times twenty. Times twenty. Yeah, even though you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Or yeah. even if you did do something yeah. really bad, <laughs> it's even worse. Yeah, totally. Um. Yeah, man. So I, I identify with that a lot. Yeah. So, well, thank you for uh, sharing that. That's, well, thank you for sharing. Yeah. That. Yeah. It takes a lot for people to share that kind of stuff, and it's it's real. I think people should share it more. I agree. There's, there's no shame in being yourself and admitting that you weren't as good as you want. Totally. As you to be at one point. Exactly. So. You got to grow. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Grow. I love this theme that we're on. Yeah, exactly. yeah. This is good right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, man, I had to, my point in life when I realized like, or like when I was like, all right, I'm alone now. I just have to deal with this. And all right. It was when I was a freshman in at, at Belmont and I got my first dorm roommate and he was an ROTC guy. Ooh. Very much not into my ways. <laughs> Very much not into Sin. it. <laughs> yes, he was back, like, he was like, I'm getting up at 5 a.m. to go run four miles, and I'm going Christ. to to do Ugh. army stuff. Which, is, thank yeah. thank you for your service. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> real. But um, he, he, I was like, he didn't really like. We didn't talk a whole lot. <laughs> I may have stolen one of his Powerades at one point. <laughs> <laughs> it was right there. I had to take one Powerade. Oh it, he had a whole 12 pack. But more than enough. So I'll admit that. <laughs> come come back to after Christmas break because it's two semesters, and he has packed up all his shit and has moved out. And so me, I'm like, well, I didn't really talk to him anyways. So now I have a whole dorm to myself. <laughs> Pretty sick. Yes. And so I well, and so in that time, I would I would sit there and. I had other stuff going on at this time at Belmont that uh, rendered me kind of by myself a lot. But uh, that during that time when I didn't have a roommate and I just had my own place and was able to just go back and like hang out and do my own thing, I was kind of like it was a realization. Is like I'm cool with being al- cool yeah. with being alone. I don't I don't feel like going out and socializing, and yeah. that's okay. Totally, uh, that's really about- cool that you learned that so early. It, it, I guess it just, you learn it when you learn it. I, yeah. Will doesn't truth. deal with drunk antics. That was another thing that, <laughs> why I couldn't do that when I moved here. Because if I started doing anything like where I got out of control or stupid, I'll be like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Get your, Come, shit, get together. your shit together. Get your shit together, yeah. Dude, when I, it never I, came to that, thankfully. Yeah, I that's got, good. Because he would get fucked up with yeah. me. <laughs> and it'd be okay. I, I'll be the first one to get fucked up with the best of them. I'm all about it. <laughs> I, 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 dude, my hangovers are fucked. Oh, I can't do a hangover. I'll, like, and I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll admit it be the first to admit like i'm kind of a pussy like yeah. i'll <laughs> i'll drink not that much yep. and i will wake up the next morning and i will like and I, I don't know if i've said this on the podcast yet but like i've done this countless times where i'll wake up and i'll just have that initial feeling like yep dry heaving it's throwing happening up, fuck this shit i'm going to the IV clinic and i'm oh, getting pumped shit. full of fluids and i'm not dealing with this <laughs> love that and i've done that a lot of times oh my god that's does it work (laughs) oh fuck yeah you can get wendy's on the way home oh yes (laughs) damn it's fire okay i've heard of people doing that i've never thought to go do it people do it for like nutrition and stuff yeah yeah they try to they try to sell it like you get this vitamin and all this stuff and like this one will make you awake this one will improve your cognitive ability (laughs) fuck that i just want to feel good you're like i want to be not hung over exactly exactly your words don't make sense <laughs> it's like it will like explain it's like a spa thing it's almost. sick like, yeah. it's, it's like sick. you get a weighted blanket and watch netflix yeah. damn it's so so the setup is it's a it's in a it's a room and there's a chair in each corner all facing the middle and in each corner in each corner there's also a flat screen tv so each chair is facing a flat screen tv they come in there after you 
they give you a fucking menu that has like prices <laughs> and shit and tells you what's in it and you pick what you want and they uh sorry and they bring you back into this room and uh and they and they give you a weighted blanket like this. Oh. <laughs> and i've done this i've done this several times in nashville and once in atlanta and they've done it They've done it at two of the one here in Nashville, and they've done it at the one here in Atlanta. At done it at the one in Atlanta. So I assume this is a common thing: the weighted blankets. Oh, that sounds amazing. Weighted blankets are great, no oh. matter even if you're getting. They, uh, you sit down, they hook you up, they give you a remote to the TV, and you just sit and watch Netflix for forty-five minutes Holy while the stuff shit. gets put into you, and then you wake up and like halfway through it, you're like, "Word, yeah, like let's like, go." Hundred <laughs> percent. That's awesome. I'm gonna have to try that. We've next given time. A I, lot could, of I could not recommend it. Any, wow. It's it's the fire. That's amazing. That's what we need to sponsor from, dude. I'll, we'll sell the <laughs> shit out of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, and that would work with the beer. You're like, drink beer and then we'll, we'll be this. like big pharma. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fucked up as shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're gonna create oh the problem, God. then we're gonna give yeah. you the solution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Keep doing it. laughs> Oh, that's funny. Wow. Oh, man. But, um, so I guess this is not really, this is a bit back onto the social media topic. Mm -hmm. Um, what, what do you think people get out of social media nowadays that they, I guess like now that we're in, in the middle of COVID, you can't really see a bunch of people. What do you think people are getting out of social, besides like the political stuff, but like more personal stuff? What do you think people are getting out of that? Uh, that is beneficial more now that we can't have person-to-person contact. Yeah, you know that's a good question. I feel like social media definitely plays into our um, desire to feel seen mm-hmm. um, and get feedback or just like talk to each other, obviously. Um, so I think that that is a beneficial thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can reach a large amount of people with your two thumbs, which is super cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, but I don't know. I think that there's a double-edged sword there Mm -hmm. because there is such a facade that people can put up on social media of what Mm -hmm. they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're getting a ton of likes or, or getting feedback, positive feedback from their body or what they cooked or what they posted or whatever, but how much of that is truly authentic. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think you just need to be really careful with it. Just like anything like, Mm -hmm it can be addictive yeah. and that constant reassurance, like it, it makes it so that you need that in your day to day life anyway, or like that's the only way you can get it is on Instagram. Yes. So just being aware of that and, and trying to stay as authentic as you can and yeah. not letting someone that you went to high school with or someone that you worked a coffee shop job with five years ago dictate how you feel about yourself yeah, fuck, yeah. Fuck, fuck, that. Awesome fuck all that actually yeah i think a lot of people get caught up in like people from their past seeing that and yeah. stuff like that and they're like oh man that makes me feel weird but then it's like dude those people truly don't care about you and you truly don't care about them <laughs> yeah if you want to get down to brass tacks exactly so like, why are you worried about it yeah you know? so. it's yeah it's just like not worth it what uh, there's like since we started this youtube thing i've like started to think about social media a a lot more a lot more and like in a different way than I had before and like I used to very much and still do very much think like all right I'm gonna do whatever make this video make this post or whatever and straight up like like it's not helping anybody but me Mm -hmm. it's something about me it's on social media and I would like it if you liked it yeah like that's what it is a lot of people do that. Want to reach out to people in your in your general friend group, people that you know around your town, or uh, people from your past, and that's all good. But I see like I used like I get on social, I, I'll get on Instagram, and you'll see like people that like, um, I guess you'd call them influencers, where they have you have millions of followers, and sometimes it's all just selfies mm-hmm. again and again and again. And it's like that. That's not. I don't get anything out of that. Yeah. Um, some people do. But some people do. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're totally right. Um, but going through this stuff, I've realized like influencers don't give a fuck <laughs> who likes their pictures. <laughs> no. Because whatever they did to get them to where they had a million, like whatever, I, 
I don't know. Like yeah. sometimes it's luck. Sometimes it's you're just born beautiful, and you, and you just <laughs> people. Beautiful. I don't. I don't. I don't fucking know how that shit or works. Or you buy them. Or you buy them. Yeah. But if you like, no matter what, no matter what you do, if you're on Instagram and you can post a picture and like, guaranteed, you're gonna get, I don't know, fifty thousand likes, which ain't even shit. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, companies will pay you to put their shit in your post, and you can make money. Oh yeah. From mm. Just from my mindset, dollar dollar bills, yo. Like I'll 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 post some pictures. I don't fucking care. Totally. totally. Like I, so I feel that to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I've always I've always thought that I would not have a problem doing like a sponsored post or anything. Obviously, do the research behind it True. and make sure it's like chill and kosher. And but yeah, if you're gonna make money off of it. Go ahead. Do what you need to do. That shit. Yeah. Hell yeah. Rip it. Put yourself out there. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, yeah. that's that's something like like yeah start doing this whole YouTube thing like I don't do social media like it not it doesn't irk me but like I don't understand it and just yeah. like stuff in life you don't understand I think you gravitate away from it almost. yeah 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 but like I've realized like it's cool because Will got me to get a Facebook you know what I mean and like <laughs> I get to keep up with my family which Facebook's probably the most lame <laughs> social media <laughs> there is but fuck it I don't care <laughs> all my family's on there I love to see them and yeah. then I realized like I just like put like, music stuff on there like yeah. cause it's just like dude who fucking care? it's just like totally. I don't know it's just like the fear of the unknown but I still don't get aspects of it yeah and that's why like I, I had like a couple of social like media questions just because yeah. like, it's asked because it's something that I've like not like become interested in but become like hmm mm-hmm. okay I kind of see more of a merit yeah. to it now because it used to be like why the fuck people want to be on that that's bullshit yeah you know what I mean? yeah <laughs> I guess maybe that it's made me think about it because of like the the virus because I'm not able to interact with as many people yeah. and I think it is like obviously if you use any it's you know uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Um, uh, Shit, never mind. Anyways, <laughs> if you use it like in a good way and not like ad- get addicted to it, yeah. like it's it's healthy for you. It's you know cool. I mean? Like yeah. it's healthy because we don't have this much human human interaction mm-hmm. as we have been lately. Definitely. So, yeah, it's just been something I've been like looking more into because of this. Yeah. Lately, so yeah. I love that. Yeah. I feel like too. I'm sure you know, like from a music standpoint, like it's a great platform if you're in a band or if you're like making something yeah you know? it, it is marketing yeah it's just like hey we did this and now we can reach however many people we want yes which is cool it makes me my mind blown thinking about the fact that like the Beatles and Led Zeppelin and fish and anyone like that didn't grow up in that mm-hmm. didn't have their heyday in the social media time got so big it's so oh, yeah. cool it is so cool. It's so cool. I see that as a double-edged sword. Yeah. Because like now, if you're a ba- anybody, like you, you could be, you're you could be a bunch of twelve-year-olds in a garage. You could write the best song ever, or the worst song ever. You post that shit. Mm-hmm. Fit like, and that's and you could have your, uh, I say best or worst because it can be good or bad, but um, it could blow up and that that could be your big song and uh, that's sick. It's a matter of what you do with it afterwards that determines how successful you're to get off that kind of boom from social media fish and uh the, the beatles and uh, i don't know about the beatles that's a fucking phenomenon but mm-hmm. um those are two different time periods yeah yeah yeah, yeah. super um, different fish um, use the internet more and they, that, fish, that helped yeah. that helped them not at the start of their career obviously there's word of mouth and people bringing other people yeah shows, right but yes the internet really like you could almost call some of their stuff social media, you know what I mean? Like even widespread use, like you could call into a hotline and get the set list that yeah. night or something. Yeah, totally. The same thing. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. And I'd almost call that a form of social media. Totally. Totally. Some of the first forms the, of it. Like yeah, the very first cool. sharing of tapes. If yeah. Tapes yeah. online and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think uh, that you can point. kind of take fish out of that category. Right, um, right. Because it's just like different time periods. You know? yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like the Beatles reaching as many as they did. Like, oh my God. Across the world the music industry is so fucking crazy now the and the beatles i don't i should there's a there's a class at belmont about the beatles i wish i'd taken that yeah that's that would have been cool yeah but like for a while it was like if you could get a record deal if you were good enough to get a record deal and get that money behind you Mm -hmm. you then you're good yeah that is just not how it is anymore now 
man, I could go on about record labels, but like now there are no record labels pretty much. If you sign to a record label, then it you better have a fucking good deal. You better be Cardi B yeah. or something like that. But um, I don't know if you've seen this thing with Joe Rogan that came out where Joe Rogan got about to say Joe Rogan got signed to Spotify oh, exclusively really? for one hundred million dollars. Yeah. So Joe Rogan, that's fucking crazy. Michelle Obama also got one, and I'm going to go okay. ahead and assume that she also got a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Um, well, she's a black woman, so she probably only got sixty-seven million. God. <laughs> oh, God. I bet her show will be fine. Yeah. Regardless, I, I, I hope she got more than sixty-seven million. But still, I'm like, no, yeah. good for you, Michelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, for sure. <laughs> um, but so that sets a precedent because that's that's Spotify saying. We got some fucking money, yo. Yeah. And we'll spend it on artists. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and me and Will said kind of like how Netflix and Hulu do their own like production studios yeah. for like, making shows. Like me and Will, like we're talking about how like Spotify could do that with music and be like, well, we'll produce your album on Spotify. It's got to be exclusive. Totally. Obviously, I don't know if that could happen, but we were just like talking about this because it of the road. And they are doing that. So yeah. come December, I think he, Joe Rogan said on his podcast that in the fall is when the show is going to start being put on Spotify and by the end of December that it will no longer be on YouTube they're going to delete Joe Rogan oh, from YouTube that is a flex that is a flex that is a huge flex and so if they can dish out 100 million for Joe Rogan and however much for Michelle Obama <laughs> then like what what the fuck is yeah. the is the day coming where you want to listen to Kings of Leon, and the only way is on a certain streaming platform. Mm-hmm. So That's try to do that title. Yeah, yeah, title yeah. for yeah, sure. Title yeah, they're they're. I was doomed to fail. Yeah, I, but, but yeah. Spotify's big enough to where it could work. It would work though. Yeah, because I don't know really anyone who doesn't use Spotify. Yeah, you know? I, I don't know. I, so one of my favorite artists of all time. Her name's Jessie Balin. Mm. Funny you said Kings of Leon. She's married to the drummer oh, Nathan. Cool. Um, she is amazing and you guys should listen to her but she just put out or maybe last year she put out this thing called strawberry wind and it was like i think it's like a 12 track album all with um individual like music videos but but it was it's kind of hard to explain because it's tailored for children so she's a a little girl and a little boy and so she kind of wanted to put something out that like adults could listen to but but kids, it's just very like dreamy and, and mm. cool. And the images are like really trippy and weird. Like it's awesome. Right but, so it's entertaining for kids and adults. Yeah. Um, That's and, really cool. Yeah. But she only released it on Amazon Music. Wow. Which like I don't have. I don't really fuck with Amazon. And I just, so I couldn't listen to it. Mm-hmm. And it was so annoying. Yeah. But it also made me want to listen to it more. So I just like bought the vinyl without even like, you know, right. knowing any of it. Cause I was like, I love her. So whatever she makes is going to be good. And because I can't have it on Spotify, like I need to have it on this like physical mm-hmm. vinyl. Yeah. So it's weird. It's like, was annoying that it was only available on Amazon, but also made me kind of want it more. Yeah. And you know. ended up supporting her probably yeah. more. Yeah. Probably that. more. That's fire. Yeah, she's badass. It's like, we want what we can't have. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that gives you a drive to even totally to get it. So. Yeah. Well, y'all, we've uh we've hit a little bit over an hour. Okay. Cool. Um, so I'm gonna if that that's cool fast. with y'all. That yeah. Went fast. That went so <laughs> do we have, fast. Do we have any more points to hit before we wrap it up? I, I asked all my questions that I had ready. So do you? I have just a really quick yeah. little story when we were talking about record deals. I wanted to bring uh-huh. it up. Yeah. Do you guys want to know how my mom got a record deal? Yes. yes. Okay. So she and my dad, she was singing in rock clubs, like rock bars, when she was like 19 in Wichita, C- Kansas. Oh, wow. Time period like what year? 80s. This, the 80s. So cool. she was born in 66. So it would have been like. Oh, God, I'm so bad at math. 85, 84. Mm-hmm. Very cool. She was singing like Heart, Pat Benatar, Sick. like killing awesome. it. Rock and roll. Um, and my dad was actually a sound. He he had a PA company. So mm-hmm. he rented out PAs to different bars with for live music. So they got in touch because she needed to rent a PA for her bar gig. Um, and he he was just like obsessed with her to start. (laughs) She was like, you're weird. (laughs) Um, And, but anyway, so they dated for a month and got engaged. That's, 
<laughs> right on. Low. They've been married for 33 years, so Congrats. it's crazy. But so they got married in Wichita in like 88 or something. And, or no, 80, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But anyway, uh, they moved to Nashville. Mm. My dad was like, you're a badass singer. You need to get your voice out there. So he was actually production manager for Garth Brooks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. And so my mom was like, I'm bored and I want to hang out with you. So can I come sell t-shirts on the road with Garth? And they were, so they got in into that and basically Garth found out she could sing. So he was like, if you get a record deal, you can open for me on my tour. Oh, that's, oh my God. So she was like, I need a fucking record deal. (laughs) So she tried 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 sent out her tapes because that was when you would literally send your demos on a cassette to a record label and just be like listen and hope that you like it yeah and um wow so tried without any any positive reinforcement like no no yeah no feedback Mm -hmm. and my dad was like here's what we need to do we need to get a big ass purple envelope and write put the cassette in there and send it to Joe Galani, the head of RCA and write requested material. So he thinks he requested it. So he listens to it That's <laughs> and sick. he listened to it and signed her. And then that she opened awesome. up for Garth Brooks. That I'm is like, so awesome. That's so cool. That's <laughs> yeah. That it's is like wor- so genius. That is fire. I, I know, love that. I know. <laughs> More people should use that. Anyway. Hell yeah. He was like, okay, if they won't listen, we'll just trick them into listening. Fuck yes. <laughs> and they'll like it. Yeah, exactly. That is awesome. I know. When you know something's that good, mm-hmm. I mean, I can do it. You got to be creative. Yeah. <laughs> That's Man. like truly trusting in your abilities and knowing you got, yeah. you got what it takes. Man, I know. Awesome. It's so cool. And it worked out for both of them. Yeah. So it's exciting. I was going to ask you how they, if they met through music. Too, yeah, they did technically. I mean, she was only 20, 21 maybe. Mm-hmm. And he was like almost 30. So he's a lot older than her, yeah. but he was just immediately like, apparently he would go around and be like, this is Martina. She's going to be my wife one day. And he's like, <laughs> She's like, I don't know you. <laughs> this is so weird. But yeah, but it worked. That's awesome. That is Dude, awesome. That's a really good idea. I know. Uh, I'm glad you told that story. Thank you. That is awesome. Thank you. But uh, I guess while we're, if we're going to close out now, uh, please, you guys, go check out our YouTube page. It's music, the Music City Podcast on YouTube. And then check out our MCP Clips page if you want to see shortened down content of our hour videos. So. Again, thank you to Delaney very thank much. You. And thanks to Crosstown Brewery for us sponsoring this episode. Good so, beer. Yeah, great beers. Tasty. I love the shandy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thanks for done. All right, y'all. And we are tuning out.